Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jimmy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Saturday, June the 27th, 2020. Hopefully this finds you staying safe and staying sweaty and doing some shit you love with people you enjoy because you guys know your life is too short not to. Before we jump into the podcast today, this episode is brought to you by my homies over at Athletic Greens. Again, you guys already know the drill. It's the one thing I take every single day. I never miss a day. In fact, during this whole quarantine kind of pandemic season of life, I've been taking two servings a day to keep my immune system running on all cylinders, which I believe is vitally important. Again, if you guys are not familiar with Athletic Greens, it's basically like the one thing you can take to cover all the micronutrient needs in your body. So if you ideally don't eat perfect, which none of us do, and you guys struggle to eat at least, you know, five to six servings of green vegetables a day, plus all the fruits that your body needs, this is a nice way to ensure you're not missing anything. So if you have a meal that's less than ideal, throw in the athletic greens and you guys basically cover your bases. And if you don't know, it's low allergens, low sugar, no gluten, no dairy, no corn, eggs, peanuts, no animal byproducts, no lactose, no sucrose, no dectrose. It is very lifestyle friendly. There is no GMOs, no herbicides, no pesticides, no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or sweeteners. It's the real fucking deal, you guys. So if you're interested, hit me up. I will send you a link for 20 free travel packs. Or if you're on the fence, you're you're like, ah, Jeremy, I want to take the plunge. I know it's important. I know you love it, and I want to take it myself, but I'm not sure about the taste. Hit me up. I'll send you a free pack, or Monica will rather, in the mail. I'm happy to do it for you guys if that's going to get you to do something that's healthier, and then we'll provide you the link for the 20 free travel packs. So who else is doing that for you? Nobody is the answer. It's absolutely crazy what we do here, but I'm happy to do it. So if you're interested, shoot me a message. I'll send you a link for the 20 free, or I'll even ship one right to your front door, as long as you're in America, because that's the only place we can do it. And I'm happy to do it for you guys. Again, if I didn't love it so much, I wouldn't work with these guys, but uh, I believe in it uh, beyond anything else. And I do think now, more than ever, we need to keep our immune systems running on high and be the healthiest we can in case any virus or other bullshit kind of comes our way and again it's the best tasting greens by far is it a milkshake no a milkshake's a milkshake but in terms of greens nothing else is touching it so that is where i'm at with this but today's podcast we're going to talk about how to kill food cravings and hopefully use maybe these four or five you know strategies to kind of crush the food cravings that you guys might have especially during this season of life that we're in with uh, the, the pandemic and all the crazy shit that's going on. And let me say this, if I haven't said it before, I I hate coronavirus, man. It really is just kind of, uh, it's the worst. It's kind of fucking up a lot of things in the world. And I hate when people get sick. Obviously, you know, dying and, and death is probably the biggest tragedy. And for everybody else, it really is just a hindrance on everything we're doing. It's just overwhelming the systems and it's just... You know, I, I said this the other day jokingly, like I said, coronavirus is kind of like somebody took a shit in your mouth, and uh, it, it, no matter what, you just got to swallow it, and you can't spit it out, you just got to swallow the shit and just take it as it comes, and that is a disgusting, awful visual, uh, if you guys are picturing it, but that's kind of how I feel, it's just like, uh, it just sucks, man, like there's nothing else I can say, and like as the 4th of July is coming up, and I've mentioned this the last couple of weeks, and I'm sorry if I'm rehashing it, but... As I talk through it, like, it's it's sad because, like, 
I don't do that many personal things. And like going home to Minneapolis like once a year is kind of my thing where I get to see all my friends. We've done this for like 25 years, you know, play basketball, get shit faced, we reminisce. Um, I only get to see my old man about once a year and uh, this is the time. And so I don't know when the next time is I'll see him. So it'll be well over a year, you know, between, you know, me seeing my dad and, and who knows, you know, obviously how many times we have to see our parents or people we care about. And, uh, you know, him and I just getting together doing the, the very, you know, basic shit. We don't bond over much other than like firearms. We're huge. We're, we're a gun family. I grew up shooting guns at a very young age. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Second Amendment, responsible gun ownership. And, uh, you know, it's a time where him and I can go out. Uh, my Uncle Mike actually has some property. And we go out there and we, uh, we, we blow shit up. Uh, if you guys are gun people, we actually fill these. My old man got into these, filling these containers with uh, tannerite, actually. And they blow up when you shoot them. So we, we put them off in a distance. And we do a lot of target shooting uh, and practice shooting with, you know, uh, Handguns, nine millimeters, uh, the forty cal's, uh, but a lot of uh, assault rifle stuff, AK forty sevens, AR fifteens. That's what we have, and um, I own one as well. And, and my dad, obviously, uh, is a huge gun nut, and so we'll go out there and we'll, you know, work on the different firearms and shooting them, and obviously be responsible. And my uncle Mike has like you know twenty acres of property, so nobody's around. There's nothing, and we just go out there and do some some redneck hillbilly shit, and. Uh, just blow stuff up and it's fun and it's the kind of the one thing my dad and I uh, share together and we can kind of you know build a bond with and uh, I can't do that this year and uh, it's kind of sad and uh, the pandemic has caused uh, you know a lot of people to miss a lot of things weddings and graduations and you know people being sick and, and not being around loved ones and it just sucks man it's just like it's just like someone took a dump in your mouth and you got to swallow it and it just is not fun so I'm a little bit sad about it, but I'm here for you guys as best I can. We're operating, you know, our business as best we can with it and everybody else. And it's just, you know, I'm glad people are being, you know, cautious and responsible. Hopefully those of you that are, everybody else, you know, don't be a dipshit. But uh, I, I say Athletic Greens has been sponsoring all these podcasts for the just for the simple fact of I think it's important right now. To, to make your health and your immune system a priority more than ever. And I've said this multiple times throughout this. It's a conversation that we, we haven't had. And I think what this has taught us, as a, especially America, is that, one, businesses aren't set up to go a month without running. They just aren't. Most businesses don't have, you know, what I would call like a contingency plan or like an emergency fund or return uh, earnings accounts, which is what we do here. Now, again, I'm owner-operated and we run a small staff. I can do what I need to do and I've lived my life well below my means. But the point is, is I think what, what this has shown is that it's exposed a lot of businesses that, A, run on paper-thin margins and sometimes that's just the industry. And so it showed we are not equipped to you know, take a month off of earning money or if we're not making money at the same clip, we suffer. But the bigger thing I think this has shown is that a lot of Americans are not healthy uh, to begin with. We don't have an ed an education system around being healthy. You know, obviously, I do my part as a health and fitness professional to educate people on, hey, get quality sleep, drink water, you know, supplement your, your body. If you're not eating, you know, quality, whole, dense, real foods, that's always going to be the base and the key. But if not, take an athletic greens, throw some zinc in, throw some D in there, like get yourself outside and fucking exercise and take care of yourself. So when some shit comes your way, your body can hopefully fight it off. You're not going to be in a world of fucking hurt. But yet we've missed that conversation. And I hope 
now more than ever, that's some of the good stuff that comes out of this. And that has nothing to do with today's podcast whatsoever, but that is just my uh, eight-minute rant of, of where my mind is at and where I am with everything. And I'll say this too because I speak to you guys just like you're my friends or you're my homies. And if you were at my house and we're having a beer, it's the same way I would talk to you. And I don't want to talk about negative bullshit. That's why I don't surround my mind with it. And where I'm taking it here is I have literally stopped watching all news outlets and everything. I in I have to say this. I've done that for probably the last 48 hours completely in I've I've done it for a long time, but I've gotten deeper and deeper and deeper into it during this because what I've noticed is, and we don't talk about this enough, is the mental health aspect of all of this stuff. And I think for a lot of people, you know, knock on wood and God willing, the mental and emotional stress from this will be far worse than any physical stress most people feel. And I guess that is a positive and that is a silver lining. However, I can't downplay the mental stress and emotional stress things take on people, which then the byproduct is it affects their physical stress. And that's a real thing. And I am a person just like you guys. I'm a real human. I have good days. I have shitty days. I avoid all the garbage and sometimes it sucks me into the the rabbit hole of shit. And when my brain gets in a weird headspace, my body feels a certain way. You convince yourself that you're sick, right? You convince yourself these things. Your your heart rate is increased. Your breathing changes. Your thought process changes. You wake up 14 times in the middle of the night. It takes you down a shitty road, and that's a bad place to be. And I'm not a you know I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. I'm just a dude in a fucking warehouse who likes to exercise. But what I can tell you is this: from from having uh, you know my own issues with with thought process and things and changing my life. And, you know, going from being this negative asshole who really had nothing going from to being the person that you're listening to today for, you know, the thousands of you guys that tune in all the time. I appreciate you. I thank you guys for that. Taking yourself out of shitty situations and consuming different things can literally alter your state. It can change your mind. It can change you emotionally, which that changes you physically. And I share this for the fact that I've stopped looking at all news outlets. I mean everything. I don't look at any of my stuff on Twitter. I don't look at anything that other than if we post on TikTok, we post it. If we post on Twitter, it just automatically posts there. If it posts on Facebook, I post in the groups. I share stuff outside of my you know, direct page uh, personally, business-wise, and then in the groups. I don't scroll anybody's feed. I don't look at anything. I might look at whose birthdays there are. If they're members of ours, I want to wish them a happy birthday. Most of the times, inappropriate stuff I'll, I'll send. But uh, that's it. And, and Instagram, I don't look at anything. I mean, whatever they try to feed me, which is mostly just... Here's the thing. When you look on your Instagram feed, right, a lot of you guys are like, it'll kind of give you the stuff that you're you most want to see and mine is basically consists of there's no fitness on there by the way i know a lot of people would think there'd be fitness there is none uh my feed on there is basically uh trucks and uh mma and then probably basketball would be the third one but that's the three things that instagram feeds me the most because the shit that i follow the most and i care about the most i follow no fitness stuff whatsoever my fitness friends for sure uh and then people i've been associated with but i don't watch anybody's stuff whatsoever and i feel so much better not reading people's comments about, uh, you know, what the economy is doing, uh, mask or no mask, uh, people's, you know, political points of views. If you're, you know, a red state or a blue state, uh, if you feel this, if you feel that, I don't give a shit. And the minute that I stopped watching all of that stuff, literally probably within like three hours, 
I felt amazing. I went from having a sense of like, you know, anxiety and nervousness and this over-emotional stress, which is affecting my physical state, it completely went away. And a lot of people don't have the same luxury, uh, but I figure if there's anything important, somebody's going to tell it to me. And I'll figure it out from there because I can't watch it. I don't, the, the news is just this fear-mongering, horseshit, fucking panic porn, and I cannot stand it because it, it, it they always have an agenda. They really do. And, and positive, warm-hearted, kind things do not get enough clicks or enough likes, and so they don't get enough ad spend. They don't make enough money, so they have to just perpetuate nonsense over and over and over again. It's just a cyclical shitstorm, and I will not be a part of it. I will not talk to people about it. I got enough people come in here who talk about, you know, the shit that's going on. And even that, I mean, I take it with a grain of salt, man, because I just don't, I don't enjoy it. And so I would urge you, if you guys find yourself in, in a really, in a sad or like a, a stressed or depressed, like weird headspace, just stop consuming the wrong shit. And I've said that before, and I've always meant it, but man, do I really fucking mean it now? Like, I really do. Like, you just have to detach your mind. If there's people, friends of yours, who are posting things and saying things and comments that is ramping you up or making you stressed or putting a, a state of panic on you or trying to uh, make the situation even worse than it is, delete them, block them, don't look at their stuff, get off of the internet, and do things you enjoy. Because here's the reality. We all know the season of life we're in sucks balls. Nobody needs to tell us that. Like, we don't need to hear it anymore. Like, I don't need to update every 15 fucking seconds about all the shit that's going wrong. If we, we could do that in any season of life, every day, all day. And you can easily do it now because it's so polarizing. And everybody is a fucking expert and has a comment. So just detach from it. And I'm assuming if you can do that like I've done... Uh, you'll feel so, so much better. And all you can do is the best you can do and share positive things that are going to help people. And hopefully my voice can be a sense of reason and can help you navigate uh, you know, the weird stuff that's going on. And that is my only hope is to show up for other people. And I know when I am in a weird mental headspace and in a weird emotional headspace and physically if I'm feeling a certain way, I'll become detached, I'll become sad, I'll become depressed, I'll have anxiety, I'll have stress, and then I can't produce for you guys. And then I'm no good to anybody. Not myself, not you guys, not my wife or anyone. So that's what I've been doing, and it has helped me more than you know, and I feel really good today. Regardless of all the shit that's going on around me, uh, I feel good. And that way I can help you guys, and I can help our people in our new five-week uh, face melter challenge, which, by the way, is kicking off because you're interested in trying that out. Um, I can send you a podcast discount code. It's five weeks, 100% online. It'll melt your face off. It'll be fun. I'll be in there coaching you every step of the way, and it'll be cool. And you can do it from your garage, your living room, your backyard, wherever you're at. If you guys are not allowed to go to the gym or you're, you're too nervous to go to the gym or you just want to do things from home, uh, we can help you get healthy from there. So my gift to everybody. But that, I just want to touch on that just for the fact of I know a lot of people kind of struggle during this because, you know, whether it's a job situation, family situation, kids at home, can't go to school, uh, maybe certain things are closed down or, or they just they feel a certain way about stuff because they've been con over consuming things. And I do believe the uh, the emotional distress from a lot of this and the PTSD it does not have to be what it is. And I think the news and media and people have been hyping that shit up and it can cripple you, man. If you let it, and like that stuff's going to happen either way, but you don't have to consume it, especially at the scale that a lot of people are doing. So I just choose to tune it out. And I got to say this before I kick into today's podcast. And I'm sorry, you guys, I'm 16 minutes in. I haven't said one thing of probably value for you. But uh, 
My wife is the real MVP. Uh, she really is. Now, she's had her own moments during this. She had a moment yesterday uh, as we're in uh, Prescott, Arizona, uh, going on a – we're doing some hiking and some paddle boarding. She took me to three different lakes. But uh, she's the real MVP during this because there's a lot of stuff I want to do that I can't do now. There's a lot of things I plan to do that are not going to happen, at least probably for the foreseeable future, and it does suck ass. And uh, I have a responsibility to a lot of people, to our staff here, to my wife, who's been on furlough since March, which is not ideal, obviously. And then uh, obviously running a fitness business during a pandemic is not uh, the most ideal situation, but thank God I'm me and I do what I do. So it's a little bit different than, you know, probably your average coach that you guys, you know, go in and train with. So uh, don't feel bad for me, but uh, I, I bear a lot of responsibility. And I think, you know, the saying goes, who much is given, you know, much is tested. And I feel that burden a little bit during this. And sometimes uh, I don't verbalize it real well. I just kind of, uh, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an old school dude. I'm like that 1960s dude who just kind of eats all the shit, man, and just kind of swallows it. And it doesn't come out other than I just kind of shut down, right? And uh, my wife has to see that. And then she obviously you can feel it if you're around me and you're not in the social setting and I'm just alone in my own head. You can feel that. And uh, she's great with the, you know, get out into nature stuff. Now, obviously, I still have to, you know, do all these things and produce and, and make money so we can still, like, live a life and, and, you know, keep this business and all the things moving forward. But she's great with that. And uh, I got to give her credit for, you know, making those things a priority and pulling us out. And so we've made some promises to each other to turn our phones off and put them in other rooms or leave them certain places and just go out and just do stuff with when it's just us. And so, um, you know, obviously she's my wife, so I love her, but I love her now even more than ever because it's like you realize when you're in scenarios like this, what is really important. And it's not the shit that a lot of people spent their time on, the cars and the houses and the things, it's the people. It's your, your close friends. It's it's your close community, and it's the person in your foxhole. And that's probably your husband, your wife, and your kids, and your immediate family. And sometimes your immediate family might even be a bunch of lunatics. So it might just be your husband or wife. It might be, that's the, it's your Batman Robin, your Jordan Scotty, your Shaq, your Kobe. It's that person that's in your foxhole with you. And, uh, you know, albeit her and I are not perfect by any means, uh, individually or as a team, uh, there's nobody else I'd rather be stuck in this uh, shitstorm with other than her. And so I got to give her credit for that because she's the real MVP, man, for sure. And, uh, you know, happy to have her with me. So with that said, uh, that's just my own personal cathartic moment here on the podcast, 18 minutes in. We're talking about food cravings. And uh, we're talking about ways to kill your food cravings. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Hopefully you enjoy me rambling on. I feel like you guys are my friends, even though, you know, a couple hundred thousand of you have never met, never talked to, never seen. But, uh, Hopefully you feel like you know me through the mic. But uh, in terms of food cravings, obviously we all have them. Some people during this season of life, it's uh, it's ramped up. And you guys have you know got your quarantine 15, if you will. And some of you guys went the other way. I know a lot of people who have gotten leaner during this uh, because the stress of it has caused a lack of appetite. And they went the other way. But for most people... Uh, they added a few LBs during this. They drank a little bit more. They ate a little bit shittier. They craved certain things, the comfort foods, the sugary snacks that perpetuated down a rabbit hole of worse eating and drinking and less exercise. And, uh, you know, obviously the stress hormones are real too. And that's a thing. And so obviously, you know, food cravings can cause you to crave certain foods uh, day and night. 
They can obviously ruin your diet or any program that you're a part of. And if it gets out of control, it can lead to, you know, weight gain or for a lot of people it can lead to weight regain. So meaning you've already lost the weight, you've put in the work and then this season of life came and fucked everything up, which I think for a lot of people it has, you know, business wise, travel wise, you know, uh, just certain milestones of life. And uh, obviously, if you're someone who's already lost 50 pounds or 100 pounds, and then you're seeing that weight slowly creep back, it, it sucks, man, because you put in so much work and you probably built up so much momentum and had so much steam and you kind of got derailed, you know, really no fault of your own. Obviously, we can say you can always make it happen, but uh, I will ride with you guys on the fact that this season of life is unlike anything we've ever seen, and it is, uh, it's tough to navigate for sure. And when that happens, when you gain weight... For the first time because of something it's you know a mix of age and the season and the stress you're on or you're just regaining weight that you once lost it can leave you you know feeling unsatisfied i can leave you feeling helpless to stop the cravings and even worse it can lead you to wanting more and more and more and that's kind of what happens when we eat in these you know kind of cyclical patterns if you will but why are the cravings so strong you know that's what I want to kind of dig into and hopefully we can answer it. And what makes you want more and more? But more important than probably those two questions, what can you do to stop the cravings? What can we do to get rid of this shit? And in order to understand food cravings, you need to first understand like your own brain chemistry and how it acts to intensify your food cravings, if you will. And guys, it's not just, you know, women who have food cravings. I know a lot of times there's hormonal things that that go on with that. But dudes, we get it too, man. Sometimes it's the same food. Sometimes it's different foods. But granted, you know, women, they they have more food cravings than men do. I think, obviously, uh, the hormones in itself are going to do it. But research has shown that men are twice as likely to indulge in cravings than women because I think obviously women are probably the stronger of, of the two sexes. You guys, uh, you know, obviously you have children. So A, you have a pain threshold that we are not uh, equipped with for sure. I know people say that, well, men are the, the stronger sex. Maybe if you're talking overall pound for pound, like deadlifting off the floor, sure, because we have testosterone. But in terms of like, strength of that the shit that women chew on and the stuff that they hold together plus they deal with us as dudes from respect so they say dudes are twice as likely to give in and, and i believe that's probably the case i think we just manifested in different ways oftentimes but to the point i'm driving at what causes the food cravings right well for starters if you ever experienced like the late night call to the fridge for, you know, a sandwich or for a leftover piece of pie or cake, um, or if you're the person where like cookies and breads and cupcakes call to you uh, in the night begging you to eat them, trust me on this, you are not alone for sure. Uh, I'm not a huge, you know, wake up in the middle of the night cravings kind of person, but I definitely, you know, have my fair share of cravings just like you guys. Probably the more... I like it all. That's my, my biggest problem, but probably the saltier uh, stuff more than anything, you know, the saturated fats, the burgers, the cheeseburgers, uh, the fries. But again, I'm also a fan of cinnamon rolls and cookies and cakes. I, I like all the, I like a little, if the donuts are good, um, I like the donuts too. I like it all, but I, I really do. But I, I guess I would err if I could only pick one. It'd be your things like your burgers, your pizzas, your tacos over just uh cookies and cakes but in a perfect world I like to marry them all together and just make it a full meal of shit 
Uh, and again, I fight my cravings every single day. I don't know if there's ever a time where they completely go away, which we'll touch on later in the podcast. But everyone at some point, obviously, regardless of if you're on a diet or not, has experienced like the stomach pains of wanting those forbidden foods or like kind of this thing where it calls to you and, and there's nothing that's really going to satisfy it unless you eat it. And, and why is that, right? Well, there's a ton of theories behind food cravings. You know, first, scientists, doctors, and nutritionists alike uh, thought that food cravings were, you know, born out of this basic need that was not being met. You know, example, you craved a, a juicy steak because you were deficient in protein and iron. And side tip here, uh, I do know that krill oil has been shown to stabilize blood sugar and kind of satisfy appetite and uh and food cravings. So I, I do take a curl oil every single day from my homies at JLab. If you guys want it, I'll shoot you the link to it. But uh, I do say that. I don't know if that is what helps. I mean, obviously, I've had to learn uh, mental toughness and behavior over the years, which I think is the biggest thing. But I have heard curl oil can help that stuff. But the example, I don't know if it's because you're deficient of some things. I think sometimes that can be the case of why we crave things. But, you know, you crave chocolate you know, for a different reason, right? Like you maybe need the antioxidants that are found in chocolate or just the sweet taste itself. But, you know, all the the research, you know, that you can kind of compile up, I think kind of debunks the myth of that uh, due to the fact that people didn't crave all types of foods uh, like the ones that were good for them, dark leafy greens, fish, etc., Researchers need to find another reason why. Obviously, I don't think any of us really crave spinach or kale or fish. I think you might want it, but I don't think you ever find yourself, you know, with your hand in a bag of kale, crushing it like you do Doritos. At least I never have. If you're out there listening, shoot me a message. I'll send you a t-shirt for all your efforts. If you're the person who's just, you know, crushing cabbage like I would crush cinnamon rolls. I just don't see that being the case. I've never once, you know, binged on asparagus like I have on, you know, french fries or sweet potato fries. But that's just me. So I don't think that is the root cause for a lot of people having this deficiency and then fiending for something else. So back to the drawing board, right? It wasn't until recently that some researchers had discovered that food cravings, the high sugar foods, the ones we all tend to want to binge on, stimulate an area of your brain, the reward center, which could be one of the reasons why the cravings are so strong. It's that we feel like, you know, we're being rewarded for something. Oh, I deserve this. I need this. And it perpetuates the cycle over and over and over again. But take note, this is the same area of the brain that is stimulated by drugs and alcohol. Coincidence? I think not. So, here is a closer look at what may happen in your brain when you have a food craving. When you have this craving for food, cinnamon rolls, cookies, uh, cakes, pastas, pizza, whatever, it stimulates those reward circuits in the brain, leaving you wanting more and more of the food. So you give in again and again. So what happens to your brain then? Some researchers think that your brain starts to slowly shut off dopamine receptors to prevent overexposure to the stimulus. In this case, food being the stimulus. And when there are less dopamine receptors working, it could result in an inability to become satisfied, which makes you eat more and more and more. Simply put, you eat more and more. 
waiting for your body to be satisfied in hopes that it will stop the cravings. But the sad fact that it may not stop, you may need to eat more food in order to stop a particular craving. You kind of see the cycle we're getting into here. And the cycle then keeps repeating itself until you're full or miserable or have a food coma or a food baby or both. And I think we've all been there where we know we should stop eating something, but it's almost like you can't. It's this addiction like it's calling to you. Now, I've never smoked crack before, but I heard it's highly addictive. I have been addicted to other things like tobacco and alcohol. Um, and, and I can say like I, I've tried, I tried to quit chewing tobacco like 50 fucking times before I actually kicked it. Um, and I still have a memory of it in my brain. I just know at this point, like I, I'm not going to be, you know, gutting Copenhagen anymore for the fact that it is one of the most unhealthy fucking things you could ever do in your life. And I used to do that back in the day. Um, but I, I have a memory of it, of what it made me feel like. And it was like never enough. It's like once you were done with one chew, you kick it out and you do another and another and another. And the only thing that really stopped you at that point is that your the inside of your mouth was so raw and cut up from the fiberglass. It's like you, you could barely take it. Then you get the guys who do chews in their upper lip because their bottom lip is so raw and chopped up. I mean, it's, it's a sad cyclical cycle and you know it's wrong and you know you're fucking up, but you're so addicted to it. And you're trying to, you know, kind of solve this particular craving and that's a drug. And I feel food is kind of the same way. And there's times where my stomach was been so full, like Thanksgiving, or even times where I would binge, like back in the day, where I'd eat like one pizza, but because I ordered two pizzas, I'm going to eat the second pizza. I'm already full from the first pizza, but my fat ass is going to go and eat the second pizza again. It's this addiction, and I'm trying to fill a gap, which, again, your brain is kind of like on this reward system that that's never really, it's never really being solved, is what I'm driving at, so... Obviously, so now we know a little bit about how the brain reacts to food cravings. So the next question is, what the hell do we do about it, right? Like, what do we do about it? How do we actually kick it? Well, the solution to food cravings. Um, I don't know if there's an, a one-size-fits-all answer. In fact, I, I know there isn't. Obviously, something's going to work for all of us a little bit different. But before you give in to your next massive food craving, that was not planned. Again, I'm all I'm all for a fan of like, you know, cheats and treats and plans. And it is Saturday here. It's about two o'clock. What I'm gonna I plan to do is I'll wrap up the podcast. I'll stop at the grocery store on the way home. I'll pick up some stuff, and then I'll probably eat something I want tonight, whether it be a burger and fries or some cinnamon rolls. Typically, one one meal a week I eat. That's not ideal. Some some weeks it's two meals, but for the most part, I just eat one kind of you know fuck it meal. I'll just do it for about sixty minutes. I'll eat until I'm full. And uh, I kind of call it a night, and I'm okay with that. And I'm planning that though, like I'm not going to order more food than I need to. I'm going to order a good amount of food for a big size dude like me to kind of indulge, and then I'm okay with it. I don't want to say it's like a reward system for the week, but it, it does help me keep my sanity. And I do like to eat, you know, certain normal people, you know, food once in a while or normal things. And uh, that's not an unplanned thing. What I'm talking about is your next massive thing where you're craving something on a Tuesday. What's going to give you the mental fortitude to push it till Friday or Saturday or when you plan that time out with your friends and family or the next time you actually want to overindulge and eat on some things? It's the delayed gratification, which I've talked about many times before. So here are like four or five things that you can do that may decrease or even help you kind of eliminate some of the food cravings as you kind of get down the line. Now, these come from my homies over at JLab. I'm going to share what they share, and then I'm going to give my own personal context of what I've done over the years that's helped me. The first thing they mention is like uh, practicing deep breathing. As crazy as that sounds, and a lot of people are like, oh, Jeremy, you're so full of shit. You're a yogi now. No, I'm not a yogi, 
But there is a practice, uh, the ancient art of deep breathing, to relax, clear your mind, and actually cleanse your body. I think this can work for some of the craving stuff, but I think this can work for like life in general. When you find things are kind of spiraling out of control and you find yourself overly stressed and you're tripping balls, um, just slow down, man. Deep breathe, especially if you can get out into nature. Now, I'm not a heat. My wife is way bigger a nature person than I am, but I like it, man. Like uh, we talk about, we're joking today with a, a couple who was here. When are we going on a cabin uh, up in northern Arizona to escape everything? And my wife obviously would probably want it to be, you know, a little bit different than I would because she's fancier than me. But I would like something that's just a basic, you know, 20, 30 minutes outside of the rest of the world. And I say that because if I'm going there, I don't need to be around a restaurant. I don't need to be around like you know, places where people congregate and hang out. In fact, I don't necessarily need to be around people at all. I'd like something that's, you know, I have some acres of property and I'm, I'm kind of out there uh, in the wilderness and I can kind of do my own thing. And there's something to be said about being in nature when there's not sounds of cars and there's not noise and the air is clear and it's cleaner and you just, you just breathe it in. And it just, it smells different, whether it be the pines or the lakes or just the wind uh, it, it's just it does something to you, and so I do think the practice of of deep breathing to relax and clear your mind and cleanse your body is real, and it can be good for your mental health, but as much as your physical health, and help you, you know, maybe kick some cravings. As crazy as that sounds, now deep breathing, just like they do in yoga, obviously has has been shown to decrease cravings. It's true. And you may be able to do it in as little as, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes per day, whatever amount of time you want to spend. Now, this can go into the, the, the practice of mindfulness as well. It doesn't got to mean your, your brain has to be completely clear. I, I never really understood that because mine doesn't. But I, I try to do my best to be present where I'm at, which obviously during a stressful time of life is always not ideal. But that deep breathing practice, just, to, you know, getting yourself somewhere centered and quiet. Uh, my wife has a daily meditation practice. She does. I think it can help. And there are studies that show that smokers, for sure, who perform kind of these deep breathing techniques were less likely to crave a cigarette after performing the exercise. Now, that's not how I kick drugs and alcohol. But again, I didn't have this knowledge base back then. I did it the old school way, this mental uh, kind of hate talk uh, to yourself, uh, to not be soft, to not give in. And uh, I, I went the other, I went the military route, uh, if you will. Uh, but I do think this can be beneficial and helpful. So the next time you guys are craving like cupcakes, Step away, uh, center yourself, go somewhere where no one else is around, and set the clock for five minutes of, of some deep breathing. Focus your mind, and hopefully kind of you know, cleanse your soul, if you will, and it might find that your craving is passed, and your desire for that food may have gone. It may not work, but I do think a meditation, deep breathing technique, and a mindfulness practice can help a lot of things, not just food cravings, but a lot of other shit that you're, you're suffering with. The second thing you can do you know, remove the, the, the triggers themselves. Uh, this is the, the thing we do at our house, especially we control the environment, we control the ecosystem. I've said this for a long time. One of the reasons I'm successful in this life and the way that I can uh, move this way and look this way and feel this way is that I can control my ecosystem. I don't have to rely on somebody else for my food and my exercise. It, it's, the, it's one of the very few things that I have the ultimate control over. So, this probably has to be the simplest way you can curb a nasty food craving. If you have junk food in your house or food you know it's going to be a trigger food for cravings later, remove it and replace it with a healthier food alternative. Now, if you love ice cream, go Halo Top. Go Enlightened. If you love candy bars, grab a Perfect Bar. Grab a Power Crunch Bar. 
you know, stay hydrated, do things that are going to make it harder for you to eat the shit food. If it's not in your house, you won't eat it. Out of sight, out of mind. Especially now, you're going to make a special trip to the grocery store and go through all the bullshit you got to go through just to grab a candy bar? I don't think so, man. And you got a long time from the time you get in your car, open your garage, close your garage door, drive your car down the street to think about what you're really doing. So I think that helps. Out of sight, out of mind. And if you have a substitute, at least a healthier one, or what we call like a bridging the gap food, something to replace the shit food, even fresh fruit a lot of times can do the trick. And that'll give you a substitute for the food that you really want. Plus, if you don't see the food, chances of you craving it are going to drop dramatically. If I walk by fresh baked cinnamon rolls 15 times a day, yeah, I'm going to be thinking about goddamn cinnamon rolls. If I walk by, you know, pizza that's left over that's in the refrigerator yeah i'm gonna be thinking about pizza because i know it's there if i have to actually consciously think about it and physically order it call go out and grab it i'm far less likely especially for me to put up with the hassle i hate waiting in lines i don't want to sit somewhere again i haven't been to a restaurant in months so especially now um and if i don't buy the shit in my house i'm not gonna go out and get it i think you guys will be the same way so go ahead clean out your cupboards Put in the healthier, you know, probably more macro-friendly, lower-calorie, nutritious-filled foods and kind of stop the cravings dead in their tracks. Again, I've said this before. I can eat a perfect bar and pretend it's like cookie dough. Now, is it as good as cookie dough? Hell no. But I haven't had cookie dough in probably like a year or longer. And so right now, I'm kind of pot-committed to those things. Now, if someone gave me cookie dough and then I ate a perfect bar, I'd be like, man, this perfect bar tastes like shit. Because it's not as sweet and it's not as good. My palate has completely changed. But if I'm go from just eating like last night, what do we do? We went, so obviously we're, we're paddle boarding and hiking all day yesterday. And all I really had to eat all day was beef jerky, uh, coffee, and like a Power Crunch bar until I got home. And then, uh, you know, we're like, what do you want to do? And like, we're starving. I don't want to go to the grocery store because it's just a hassle. We're kind of like all sweaty and gross and half wet from the lake. And we stop at this place called Salads to Go. If you guys are lucky enough to have them in your city, you know what I'm talking about. Salads to Go is almost all organic, everything there. And uh, it's so fast. I don't know what, I don't know how they do it, but it's so fast and so quick. It's like I got a, my wife got like a Thai chicken salad. I got a Cobb chicken salad. And they're amazing and pretty simple. And we just popped in and we got that with some waters and we're good to go. And so it just helped us stay on track. It helped us not make a bad choice. We could have drove through, uh, you know, uh, in and out Burger, Five Guys, McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, whatever, you know, KFC, whatever you guys have in your neighborhoods. But we didn't do that. We opted for the healthier choice. And that was like, wow, I feel so much better about what I was doing because we didn't fill our house full of shit. So there was nothing to eat at our house. We had to go out and make a choice. We made a better choice. And I think when you do that, more often than not, you build up confidence and you build up wins and you're mentally training yourself to delay gratification for the things you want to eat at later days or that doesn't fit your macros for that day. I'll touch on that at the very end of the podcast. But the next one, I do have to say, number three, sometimes you just have to add these things into your meals. And this is a newer approach to, to stopping cravings. And research has shown if you include some of the things you're craving, let's say into a meal, you could find your cravings reduced the next time. So like during your next meal, find what you're craving and, and throw some of it in there in moderation, single serving stuff. I've always used the example of like uh, the Safeways here. They make these amazing cookies. They're like these these 
bigger soft baked cookies. They're like crack. They're just they're amazing. But they sell like 50 cookies for five bucks. They have like the giant mix box them you can buy for I don't know what the cost is, but there's a lot of them in there. Or you can buy two cookies for like two dollars. I will sometimes buy the two cookies for two bucks because I know if I wait long enough, my wife will, will pick at one. So she's only going to leave me with like a cookie and a half or maybe just one cookie. And if I can do that, even if I my brain is sending me those these like, you know, drug addiction signals to eat more of the cookies, there's no more cookies there. That's it. And if I do it with a bigger meal, I had a steak, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower rice, maybe um, some blueberries, and then I had one of these cookies, I'm set. And so I threw it into a meal, and now I'm not craving 14 other cookies. And even if I am, guess what? Go back to point number two. It's not in the house. It's not there. But I threw it in. Now the next day when I wake up, I'm still not craving cookies. So sometimes if you can't, that's kind of like the if it fits your macros conversation, right? Like if it fits your macros, eat that shit. If you can fit it into your day, even if it's a little bit over your macros, but it, it satisfied the craving because you got the taste for it, I'm okay with it. Or if you're a person who wants to crush Doritos, don't go buy that giant, you know, big-ass Costco family-sized bag of Doritos. Buy that small single-serving bag. And then you only have one bag. And if you're lucky enough, you've got a spouse or some kids, let them pick at it. And you can at least get the taste for it, but you're still throwing it into your meals and you're getting the fix. You're just not doing it all. It's kind of like, you know, again, some people can do it. Like, all-or-nothing people. Some people are good. Some people are bad. Like, I have gotten way better over the years. Like, I can now just drink, like, a beer, and I'm cool with it. I don't do it often, but I can. I can have, like, a beer and just roll with it. Where back in the day, I had to have 22 beers, pee my pants, head about the wall, and then wake up in a, in a strange place, and I don't know where I am. Like, I, I'm, I'm past that point now, but that took me many years of mental training to get there. So, if you know you can't control that stuff, buy the single-serving stuff, throw that into a healthier meal, eat all your healthy food first, throw in the thing you're craving at the end, and see if that doesn't help you kind of mitigate the cravings moving forward. It's like how we have kids eat their food, right? Oh, you can have a treat, but eat your vegetables first. So I find that works best. Not eating the things you're craving on an empty stomach or when you're starving, you're going to be better off filling your body with, you know, obviously, you know, being hydrated, but filling it with real food first and then throwing the thing you're craving into in a smaller sample size. I think that sometimes can do the trick. Also, number four, which is one a little bit off the cuff here, chewing on a spring of mint, which is actually new to me. I've never actually tried this, but a simple way that you can go along and preventing food cravings, if you can stop and eat like like a sprig of mint, right? You can chew in that piece of mint kind of like uh, gum, I guess, if you will, right? Like the reason why is because chewing on something minty may leave that sweet kind of tasting food you're craving for. It might actually make the food taste awful. This is a little bit different route to go if you're going to try to get rid of it. So if you think twice about the next time for a cupcake or pie, if you've been chomping on that mint before, um, that actually might help. Now, I've never actually tried that before. Um, I wonder if that works. I'll, throw, I'll give it a shot, you know. Um, that's a unique one for sure. It's kind of like... Uh, I think it was the the, the book like uh, was it think like a freak. They're talking about doing gastric bypass, and they're talking about like how it's invasive. It's a surgery. They they put you to sleep. You go under. They they fuck with your body. They're they're making these you know basically kind of permanent changes to your your your, your body. And there's a risk, obviously, uh, with any surgery of dying or, or complications and stuff. And and the argument was in there, you know, why don't you just puke in a jar and wear it around your neck? And every time you're craving something, you know, open the jar and you smell it. 
And it's like, wow, that seems pretty drastic and pretty disgusting. Well, I think if you were to smell a bunch of puke right under your nose, you're probably not going to want to go, you know, eat some cookies right afterwards. I think that that would be a, a solution to the cravings. And they're like, well, that's super extreme. I'm like, it is far less extreme to puke in a jar and smell it than it is to actually get put under and go under a surgery that's going to alter your body and change your life forever. I would, and then the other argument was, what did he say? I've talked about this before on the podcast. It was like, give your, give your lips like 30 paper cuts. So put 30 paper cuts on your lips, and then every time you want to shove this crazy food in your mouth, you're not going to because it's too painful to eat. And people are like, well, that's super drastic. And again, I would argue still less drastic than going through like some lap band or gastric bypass surgery. But yet we don't contextualize that as people uh, because we want the easy way out, and that's just stupid. So as weird as that you know, sprig of mint thing is, that might actually work. And if it made the food that you love not taste as good, I guess that would solve the problem. Now, I think that's a little bit of a, a band-aid on a gunshot wound thing, but if you're into that and you dig it, I think you're fine. To me, it's the mental training and the fortitude that you're going to have to master no matter what tactics. And you might use all these tactics. You might find one or two of them work. You might find all four of them work. One of them works. Who knows? But it's you mentally winning over and over and over again. I don't know if you'll ever completely not crave things or want things or romanticize them or reminisce about how amazing they used to be when you ate them when you were the fat kid or when you were not as healthy. But over time, if you become a health person and a fitness person and you can mentally say no and no and no and yes and yes and yes to better things, you're going to stop making the, the wrong choice. And at some point, you, you're probably making all the wrong choices. If you're listening to me and you're super unhealthy, and then there'll come a point where you make the right choice 10% of the time. So 90% of the time you're shit in the bed, 10% of the time you're doing great. Then it comes down to maybe 20% and 30. And then when you get to that 50, that's kind of that tipping point where now it's like, well, 55% of the time I make good choices, 45% of the time I make bad choices. You're becoming a fitness person. There's an evolution there. There's a progression of you valuing your health and how you look and move and feel over just the way shit tastes. And I'm all foodie just like you guys. I like all the same stuff you do. But I'm sure those brown sugar uh, Pop-Tarts are great. I'm sure the cherry Pop-Tarts are still just as good as I remember, but I'm not going to go fucking buy them. Like, I'm not going to go buy a box of Pop-Tarts in this, so I eat a couple and then throw the box away. I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't miss them enough. I don't love them enough. Now, there was a point probably six, seven years ago where I would have done that and I would have had them, but I'm like, I've graduated past that. There's a mental toughness that I have built up now that I didn't have six, seven years ago. It's years of of saying, nah, I don't need that. I can delay it. There's something else I'd rather eat. I'd rather do something healthier. And you start to acquire a different palate, not just for the way food tastes, because I'm always going to love carrot cake. It's not going to go away. I'm always going to love like warm, you know, chocolate chip cookies on top of vanilla ice cream, like with some sprinkles. Like I'm always going to probably fiend that deep down and love that stuff. But for me, the longer you go making the right choice, the more mental toughness you build up. And then you start to just not saying you don't, you know, fiend the same things or crave them. You just have built up this wall mentally where you're like, eh, I don't need it today. And that takes time. It takes failure. It takes you giving in. It takes you saying no. And it takes you just understanding and having, you know, this realistic self-talk with yourself and putting yourself, again, like I always say, in an ecosystem, in an environment, in a position to be successful with everything you do. 
And that starts with, you know, you saying no to certain things and just delaying gratification for the things you want. Understanding if I say no to this today, I can live to eat another day. And at some point, all of you guys will make the shift if you really get down with this or you won't. Or you'll keep doing the same shit you've been doing and you'll, you'll keep getting the same results you've always gotten. You'll just find yourself in this cyclical shitstorm. But when you start to value how you feel more than how things taste, that's when you're going to start to win. That's when you start to become a, a fitness person. And you'll always have a little bit of a relapse. You'll always, again, it'll remind you, oh, my stomach hurts. I ate this. It doesn't agree with me. I got diarrhea or you're constipated or you shit four weird times the next day or you just lay in bed because you're so full and bloated and you just feel like a bag of shit. It reminds you, okay, I'm not going to do that for another six months or a year because I don't want to feel that shitty again. I don't want to give away an entire night of fun because of the food. Nothing tastes that good. Or maybe something does and you just you live to deal with it. But the point I'm driving at is when you start to value your health of how you feel more than how things taste, you're going to start to win. And the byproduct is you'll start to look a certain way. And at the end of the day, we want our bodies to be healthy. We want us to be able to feel the best we can feel at all times. We want to be able to fight off disease and infection and give our body a fighting chance to be healthy and create good cells and just live an optimal, amazing life. And when you feel like shit, your life is shit. When you feel good, your life is better. There's just no other way around it. So again, food cravings, everybody has them. Some worse than others. In order to stop your food cravings and put yourself in a position to eliminate them forever, there are many steps that you have to include. In fact, exercise, chewing gum, uh, distracting yourself has been shown to help reduce your cravings no matter uh, how strong they are. I, I say this all the time, staying busy is probably one of the best things you can do. I find it easier to eat better when I'm busy and have a lot of stuff going on as opposed to, uh, at this point in my life, I don't really have a lot of uh, downtime to just be bored and just be able to chill because I have to keep, uh, you know, I'm responsible for too much at this point. But back in the day, like for somebody, it's like if it's on a weekend for them, I think that's a lot of times why people eat worse because they have more free time and, you know, idle hands or the devil's playground or like an idle mouth is the devil's playground, I guess, where you just, you know, you're bored. And uh, sometimes people just eat out of boredom or they make poor choices. And when you can find yourself like, you know, busy with projects or, you know, creation or exercise, you have less time to think about food and less time to just like sit and eat like shit. And when you're busier and if you, if you, you know, have mentally trained yourself or put yourself in a position to be successful, you'll make a better food choice. Even if you are busy, like yesterday, I could have made 10 poor food choices, beef jerky, coffee, water, salad, pretty badass day. And that's a Friday night. I'm a Friday night at five o'clock. I'm rolling into town and I'm going to salads to go to get an organic chicken cob salad when I easily could have ordered a pizza or went through a drive through or just, you know, bought some other bullshit, but I didn't do it. And again, did I start that way at 25? No, it took me years of training to get there, but you guys can get there too. And so some days, you know, are going to seem like the, the lack of uh, power to stop your cravings are going to take over your mind and your body. And uh, until maybe today, some of you guys were left to give in and allow those cravings to take over. But now that you know, deep breathing exercises can help. Chewing minty gum or even mint or leaves can maybe help. Who knows? Throw it out there. Uh, eliminating the junk in the first place, getting the shit out of your house. 
uh, you know, creating the best environment for you to be successful. And, you know, if you can do the, if it kind of fits your macros route and integrating some of those foods actually into a meal during the cravings in a small sample size after you've ate all the healthy stuff could stop the future cravings from happening and maybe even eliminate a lot of them forever. For me, they haven't gone away. Um, I don't see, when I say they haven't gone away, it doesn't mean that I still crave them. That's not the case. It's not like I said at home, like, man, I got to eat Doritos. I got to eat Doritos. I got to eat Doritos. I, I never say that. But I see them in the store and I'm like, eh, they're probably still as good as I remember. And then when you have them, you're like, yeah, shit. My wife and I will be like, yeah, you know what? Chips are good. Uh, or, you know, what? yeah, you know what? Like, those are good. And you forget. And, uh, you know, anything in life is okay in moderation for sure. I just don't want you guys to go, you know, on the deep end and, for a lot of people, I think sometimes they listen to me and say, "Well, Jeremy, you're you know you're so extreme with it, and uh, you know you're going this route." No, what I'm saying is, I know the average person doesn't eat healthy at all. The, again, you see it right now with what's going on in the world. The average person eats like shit. The average person has so many other underlying health issues, which causes them so many, so many issues. And I'm not talking about like just how they look, like how it fucks up your immune system, like how it messes up your joints, like how you sleep, how your body repairs. There's so many issues with being obese and, uh, you know, giving in every time you want to eat something. It's just, it's ridiculous. And again, I'm all for drinking beer. I'm all for eating chips and having cookies and pizzas and pies and all the things you want to do in moderation. You can't make that a staple of your food three, four, five, six times a week and, and expect to be healthy. It's just not... It's not viable, and you can't expect to change the behavior by always doing that. There has to be some sacrifice. There has to be something you're giving up along the way. There has to be some mental struggle. With no stress, with no mental struggle, there is no growth. And I'm not saying you put over stress in your body, but giving in to all your cravings over and over and over and over again, man, it, only bad things are going to happen on the road. You can only get away with it for so long. And so hopefully you can take some of the things I shared here today and you guys can integrate them into your life. And again, as hokey as they sound, if you've never tried them, how do you know? Give them a shot because if, if you find yourself going back into the same cyclical shit patterns, what do you have to lose by trying something different? It doesn't work? Okay, cool. At least you tried it. And in a legit like college try, like give it 10 days and try it. And really be diligent about it. And don't just say, oh, I know that will never work for me. How do you know? There's a lot of things I thought, you know, were bullshit back in the day. And now I know them to be tried and true because I've, I've integrated them into my own life. And I think these tips can be the same for all of you. So hopefully you guys got something out of that. Sorry for my rambling on early in the podcast, but my brain works how it works. And you guys get pretty much all of it. So with that said, reminder, our five-week face melter, 100% online challenge is kicking off here in seven days, six hours, 47 minutes. All you need is a set of dumbbells, and you guys can rip it from home. I'm happy to share a podcast discount code with you guys to make it a little bit easier for you to do it, and you guys can kick ass with me all the way through July into August. I do think it is the hardest online program that we have put out. I'm not saying the workouts are super long because they're not. Most of them are under 30 minutes. Uh, and again, that's how I train. I don't think you have to do anything longer than that. I think if you're doing that, you're kind of bullshitting yourself uh, and not really giving it the best effort. But they, it is the most challenging for sure across the board in terms of what we're going to ask people to do. But definitely scalable and doable for anyone. So I'm happy to share a podcast discount code with you guys. 
And reminder, us podcast is brought to you by my homies over at Athletic Greens, the one thing I take every single day. I never miss it. I'm going to go home right now after I get from the grocery store, and I'm going to pound some Athletic Greens and maybe some blueberries because I've been addicted to blueberries lately too. But the Athletic Greens are always in there. Again, covering the gaps in nutrition because I'm not going to, I'm only going to eat once today and I'm probably going to have my cheat meal and there isn't that many nutrients in there. So this is my way of at least covering the gaps in there, getting my body what it needs to do to keep the immune system running on high. And uh, it's the best tasting greens out there by far too. So if you want 20 free travel packs, hit me up. I'll send you the link. And if you're really on the fence and you're not sure, you're one of those people who's really scared about the taste, send me a message, a DM or email as fast as humanly possible and we will mail you a pack right to your front door. You can try it. Then take me up on the offer. That's my gift to you guys for listening. And if I can help you be healthier and it costs me a couple bucks in the process, fuck it. So be it. I'm happy to do it uh, to make you guys live a better life. And reminder, as always, if you're on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Go to your podcast app. Scroll your finger all the way down. Drop me a five-star. Leave a comment. Share this podcast with somebody you think it can help. Any way possible, because I know sometimes just hearing somebody voice something a little bit different can be the light that comes on for them and makes them make a real lifestyle change. Also, if you're on a MacBook or an iPad, go to the iTunes icon, click ratings and reviews, five-star it, leave me a couple sentences. I truly would appreciate it. Uh, I thank you guys uh, sincerely. And again, if you have podcast requests or things you want to hear from me, I'm happy to record them. Got a lot of stuff in the queue here, and obviously, hopefully, as the world starts to roll right, uh, we'll bring even more guests on and do even more fun things. But man, it's been uh, it's been a shit show for sure. Man, I'm making it through the best way I can, and I'm here to help you guys any way possible, whether that be through the podcast, through Instagram, through our YouTube. By the way, if you're not subscribed to YouTube, make sure you guys do that. We're loading so many videos on there. And obviously, if you want to roll with me in a, in a more intimate context, that five week face melter definitely is going to be something that we we keep funky and we keep fun together. So. That's going on. Hit me up if you guys are interested in all of that. And thank you guys on YouTube for watching. I appreciate you. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.